Hollywood. Hollywood. Let's try the John Curley Sherry Elliker Show with Sherry's take on the Oscars. Starring Sherry Elliker and Liza Minnelli diving into the news. All right. Glad you watched. Yeah, I don't know why. I, okay, I, I, uh, I, it's just, I, sure, it's okay. I, okay. <laughs> you and you and a million other people. It's about it, though. Probably I, only a million. Hot takes. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. We'll start with the, my favorite and most awkward moment. Hugh Grant. Here's what normally happens: your your manager's agents or the film producers uh, push you off to the side, and you have to do the red carpet. You don't want to do the red carpet. You got to do the red carpet. And normally, the while well, the person's standing there, either they'll have a list of who's coming up and the questions they want them to ask, or um, a producer will come up, oh, coming up next, make sure you get Hugh Grant, get Hugh Grant. So Hugh Grant sort of pulled off to the side, you know, like the, you know, when trucks lose their brakes, they've got that breakdown lane, it's all sand, they go flying yeah. off, okay. So Hugh Grant has lost his brakes, he's over there, he's just standing there, and he's going to be interviewed by this woman, um, and... Uh, yeah. Hugh Grant, you are a veteran of the Oscars, and you've been here a few times. What's your favorite thing about coming to the Oscars? Okay. Favorite thing. What's your favorite thing about coming to the Oscars? Uh, you mean, what should he have said? I mean, or? anytime he'd be like, what's your favorite? What's the craziest thing that's ever happened? Or whatever. Then I, you're like, Ugh. On the spot. You know, know. You, they don't, know. he has no time to prepare for this. And what's he supposed to say? Looking at the ladies, I mean, what's he going to say? Um, well, uh, <laughs> it's fascinating. It's uh, it's uh, the, the whole of humanity is here. It's uh, <laughs> it's Vanity Fair. Oh, it's all about Vanity yeah. Fair. Yes, that's where we let loose and have a little bit of fun. Okay, so she here's the first breakdown. He's talking about Vanity Fair, the novel, right? By mm-hmm. uh, what's the guy named Bill Thatchery or something like that. Vanity Fair, the novel, and she thinks he's talking about Vanity Fair, the party. After party. After right. party. So now immediately, the date's not going well. Um, what are you most excited to see tonight? To see? Yeah, well, I know that you probably watched a few of the movies. Are you excited to see anybody win? Do you have your hopes up for anyone? Um, not, not, no, no one in particular. Okay, well, what are you wearing tonight then? Oh. Uh, <sighs> She's desperate. So <sighs> he doesn't tell you what he doesn't looking forward to anything. He is not rooting for anybody. Not even he's going to say out loud. And then what are you wearing? Uh, just my suit. Your suit? Who yeah. made your suit? You didn't make it. Uh, oh God, she's really grasping. <laughs> you didn't make it. Andrew, get out that uh, your little sound for me on this. Would you please? You know what I'm talking about. Back it up a little bit. Give you a little chance to work. I'm going subtle. It's her, not him. Her. Of humanity is here. It's uh, <laughs> it's Vanity Fair. Oh, it's all about Vanity yeah. Fair. Yes, that's where we let loose and have a little bit of fun. Um, what are you most excited to see tonight? To see? Yeah, well, I know that you probably watched a few of the movies. Are you excited to see anybody win? Do you have your hopes up for anyone? <laughs> She's panicking. <laughs> She's got a rough really stomach. Funny. Um, 
Not, not, no, no one in particular. Okay, well, what are you wearing tonight then? Uh, just my suit. Your suit? Who yeah. made your suit? You didn't make it. Um, I can't remember. My tailor. That's okay. Yeah. Ta- shout out to the tailor. Yeah. Um, so tell me, what does it feel like to be in glass? By the way, there's too much stop. There's 20 more seconds. Do you think this time is moving quickly for her or slowly for her? Is it moving faster for Hugh Grant or slower for Hugh Grant? It's the time warp occurring at this point. Who do you uh, think is experiencing this more and and in more pain, her or him? Um, I think it's in slow motion for both of them at this point. Okay. But I think it, it has to be worse for her. Yes. Because she's the one that's supposed to be getting these answers. And I guess she's been told... She'll be told in her ear when to wrap it up and move on to the next person, and she hasn't been told that, so she is just dancing yeah. as fast as she, she can. She doesn't sound like she. It sounds like she's eating something that doesn't agree with her too. Hold Onion. on. Onion, yeah. it was such an amazing film. I really loved it. I love a thriller. <laughs> How fun is it to shoot something like that? Well, I'm barely in it. I'm in it for about three seconds. Yeah, but still, you showed up and you had fun, right? Uh, almost. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. It was nice to talk to you. Yeah. All right. Back to you guys. Oh. He's so glad he's gone. Oh, That's like a Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones, you go to do an interview with him. He would do those junkets. He didn't want to do them, but they they forced them to do the junkets. That's the you know interviewed by by a hundred people, all asking the same questions. They're staying at the Four Seasons Hotels in Beverly Hills. They sit in this room. And he was so bored, and he hated them so much. But he went on them because they would give you a front end of the the, the box office if you did the junkets. So that's how you made more money, right? So because that's the only way they could get them to do the junkets because it's it's mind numbing. It's the same questions over and over and over. What was it like working with? Why this script? What was your favorite part of that letter? So he would fall asleep in between uh, people that were interviewing him. And Mimi Gann, who was on Evening Magazine with me, she walks in. And she's very sweet, and so she sits down in the chair. And you're sitting like eight inches away from the person's knees, and he has his arms crossed and his head is tilted slightly forward, that Tommy Lee Jones face, and he's sleeping. (laughs) And nobody wanted to wake him up. So she's just sitting there and he's got his eyes closed. He's not snoring, but he's just, he's resting his eyes. (laughs) It's like the first 30 seconds, she didn't say anything. And finally he kind of opens his eyes one eye at a time, looks at her and he goes, okay, go ahead. That was the beginning of the interview. I mean, they have nothing to lose at this point. They've already made the movie. They made the movie like a year and a half before. Yep. They're trying to figure out what stories they can tell. Well, they They're haven't even seen the movie. That's yeah, the other, they they have... haven't seen the movie. Yeah, yeah, that's the other one. Okay. And then Hugh Grant goes on to do a, uh, he's giving out an award with Addie McDowell. I guess he was in, was he in the brides or weddings? Four, or? four weddings and a funeral, I believe, okay. is where they. All right, yes. here he goes. Lovely to be here. It is lovely. Uh, We're actually here to do two things. The first is to raise awareness about the vital importance of using a good moisturizer. (laughs) Andy has been wearing one every day for the last 29 years. I've never used one in my life. Still stunning. uh, Basically a scrotum. Hmm. Okay, Doesn't play well on the radio. (laughs) So gross. Jacob. Were you thinking to destroy this show with the use of that word? <laughs> um, I, Sherry, Sherry seemed to request 
I don't know. I, I I understood her bringing it up as wanting to to oh. play that. Sound. Hot shake, hot take from Sherry. Yeah. Hello, Susan. I thought yes. Pipe down. I thought that it would be a, a it was like a recovery for Hugh Grant. You know, she he got a big laugh out of that. Oh, okay. Well, Teeny, when you heard it, what do you think? I got real sad. Me too, Teeny. <laughs> Me too. Anything you want to say to Teeny? No, nothing. Okay. Nothing okay. At all. Okay, bye. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was there. Yes. She got an award for Best Supporting Actress. I know it looks like I'm standing up here by myself, but I am not. I am hundreds of people. I'm hundreds of people. I am the, where are the Daniels? Daniels, Jonathan, Leyline, the entire crew, my bae Michelle, Key, Steph, the entire art group of artists who made this movie. We just won an Oscar. Um, to my dream team, uh, my agent Rick Kurtzman, Alan Wertheimer, Heidi Schaefer, Sean James, Grace Ahn, Jane Ross, we just won an Oscar. To my family, my beautiful husband, Christopher Guest. All right. I like Christopher Guest. Mm-hmm. You know who that is, Andrew? Sure. Oh. No? All right. Too bad. Waiting for Guffman? Oh, wow, silence. Ooh. None of these names mean anything to me. Uh, Our daughters, Annie and Ruby. Annie and Ruby. Anything? Andrew? Nope. Who are they? They're her daughters. There you go. <laughs> My sister Kelly, we just won an Oscar. To all of the people who have supported the genre movies that I have made for all these years, the thousands and hundreds of thousands of people, we just won an Oscar together. Hot take. Thank you. And my mother and my father were both nominated for Oscars in different categories. I just won an Oscar. That's Jamie Lee Curtis, by the way, five foot seven. She has a size nine shoe, and she is not uh, hermaphrodite. All right. <laughs> well, there's rumors, but I don't think that's true. Another hot take from Hugh Short. <laughs> Jeez. Why, why are we playing her? Because people said that she didn't deserve it? Yeah, so the, the controversy comes because Angela Bassett was up for her work in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. And they felt that, I guess, Jamie Lee Curtis's role in the movie she was in was very minimal. Oh. And that she they felt like this was kind of a lifetime. You know, sometimes they give the war award not necessarily for that particular performance but for sort of a collective you know oh, yeah, for all yeah. of the and, and i don't really know jamie lee curtis i mean what halloween i mean uh, whatever but um she people felt like angela bassett got robbed uh -huh. um and also the young lady that played the daughter in the movie that jamie lee curtis was in she right. played an immigrant daughter and her performance was very good and it was a much larger role uh-huh okay so uh, people are upset, thought it wasn't deserved. Um, what do you, this is one person. What do you mean 
Jamie Lee Curtis over Angela Bassett and Stephanie Hugh, like what the actual blank I'm blanked off. Oh, um, that's a shame. Well, yeah. hot take from that person over that is. Yeah. Um, and then Michelle Yu, Yi, Yu all. I don't know. Yo, She's an Yu? actress. She uh-huh. takes a shot at Ta- Don Lemon. Yeah. For all the little boys and girls who look like me watching tonight, <laughs> this is a beacon of hope and possibilities. This is proof that dreams dream big and dreams do come true. And ladies, don't let anybody tell you you are ever past your prime. <laughs> Never give up. You know, I got to say something about the dream thing. You know, have a dream, dream big, do your dream, 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 you know, dreams, dreams come true, fight for your dreams. There's a lot of people that just have ir- irrational dreams and it, it's never going to come true. And, and it doesn't happen. And it right. doesn't happen. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that want to be in movies and stuff. Oh, I've got this dream. I'm going to be, and I'm never going to give up on my dream. If for whatever reason, you know, luck or fate or talent or whatever else that's happening, you make it. But there are so many people, that idea of you just dream and just never give up dreaming. Well, dreaming basically is an act of your subconscious while you're laying asleep, you know, and uh, you're drooling on your pillow. The other part is hard work. And how many people just really fight hard for a role or really fight hard? There was a story about a guy who tried to make it into the NFL. Or was it college? I forget the story of the guy. And I mean, he, it's an amazing story. And he tried out for this team and then he got a bus ticket and this and that. And I mean, I'll have to find the story. There are people that really, really, really work hard. Series of sacrifices and stuff. Just not dreaming. But, I mean, it's the hard work that goes into it. So that's your shot. She takes it, Don Lemon. And then um, John Lemon did, is this, oh, then Don responded. Boy, this is like, hooray for Hollywood on the John Curly <laughs> Sherry Ellica show. Hold on, well, kids. He, he didn't huh? really respond. Oh, he they didn't? They played the clip, I guess. And right. then they sort of moved on past it. I don't know if he didn't know the she took a shot at him. Okay. Or if she, but this was what he had to say. I thought it was a particularly reaffirming, especially for Asian Americans, American actors, or just Asian Americans in the country. How about just actresses? I know. Oh boy. I hate this. Considering the, the labeling California is covering oh. the shootings there and the killings and every all of the anti-Asian hate that has been going on. Oh really, Don? Really, all the anti-Asian hate. So the shootings that occurred in California, both Asian shooters killing Asian people. Okay. In the country, especially since COVID, I thought it was a really oh, important yeah. and reaffirming moment for Asian Americans. And I uh, hope, that, you know, they yeah. feel it um, in this country and that everyone does. Oh, God, I hate it. When did we get back to just being people? I know. It was a big it, it was a big night of firsts for the oh. Asian community. Okay. And they made... A lot of, of uh, a big deal about all of that. Yeah, you know, and she was being awarded, right, and NPR said that she was a, she identifies as an Asian. <laughs> well, the re- I saw the historical reference of this. There was another woman who was Asian, but she passed as Right, she English. hid her ethnicity. Yes, back in the 1930s, 1938 right. or something like that. But, you know, yeah. still, you know, she identifies as Asian. <laughs> yeah. God. That's because she is Asian. <laughs> NPR. Duh. Bring everybody down. <laughs> Get everybody in their boxes. But Jamie Lee Curtis with her nine foot, nine inch foot. Or she <laughs> identifies as somebody with a large foot. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bleh.
She's a big woman. Who doesn't want a few more inches? Exactly. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Aaron. Because the U.S. is playing the rest of the world in baseball. Aaron's all excited. He looked up and goes, oh, no, Judge Judy's on. <laughs> well, I thought the game was going to be on Fox. I thought yeah, I, I saw it. Yeah, Judge yeah, Judy. But uh, instead, it's Judge Judy. Got it. Got it. Thanks. Uh, I had dinner with a good friend of mine on Saturday, Sherry, and halfway through the story, he looked at me and goes, oh, God, Curly. Is he going to tell this story on the radio? I was like, Bill, yes. <laughs> yes, I will. He's like, okay. But not, well, okay, well, good, all right, because most people in Cleveland can't hear your show, so that's fine. Do you need any music for this story, John? Um, yeah, but should we wait and, like, let me find some good music for it, because it's a good story. I mean, I, it's your first day back after a year, a little rusty on the music. I, I want to pull music, bit, yeah. yeah. It's a good story, sure, you'll like it. Okay. First of all, I don't necessarily I – mean, I'm a guy that does tend to give gift cards that I forgot to get credit on. But uh-huh. the wedding gifts now that apparently people are saying, no, you don't have to bring gifts. It's a difficult economic time for so many of our guests. We don't want to burden them, so don't bother bringing get, uh, gifts. And then wedding coordinators, when if somebody does happen to bring a gift, they're probably over the age of 50. They bring a nice gift. It's all wrapped up in silver with a big bow. The wedding coordinator will run over and grab it off the table and hide it so that people don't feel bad if they didn't bring a gift. Yeah, it's... Uh, Wait, I'm not finished. Hold on. Okay, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Evite uh, said that about 4% um, of of invites or whatever they are say no gifts that's an 18 percent increase over 2022 Uh and like you said people are concerned about the economy and concerned uh, concerned about inflation the average person spends about 470 dollars on going to a wedding and that's about 160 of that is on a gift because you're supposed i think the calculation is something like you're supposed to figure what it cost them for the dinner or uh-huh. something like that. So if two of you are going, then it's, you know, at least $200 you're going to spend on the gift. Okay. And so, it, you know, people are now writing all these different things on the Evite saying, you know, no, thank you. Please don't send a gift. Um, you don't have to feel, you know, any pressure to do so. But like you said, then the wedding planners, there are people that are still very traditional. They want to mm-hmm. bring a gift right. and then they usher them away quickly. So people are not, you know, upset. Well, let's see. Mom and dad going to put on the wedding. It's 35 bucks per person for food, I assume. There's one. 35. I think it's a little more than that. 50. <laughs> it's a lot. 50 per person. <laughs> at least, yeah. At least. That's just for the food. That doesn't include. Just, okay, so the venue's 25,000. The food is 35 bucks per person. Then you get the wine and the booze and everything else. So they're paying 100 and some bucks per person, depending how many people are there. And you can't bring a gift. You know you're going to drink and eat. Probably at least a hundred dollars worth, and then you're going to dance. Um, you're going to get a probably a four or five hour if it's a fun wedding and you like who you're going to go see, and you're going to see other people there. It's a night out and or a day out, and you can't throw an extra come, couple hundred bucks in and buy a gift. And I don't like the fact that this this tradition is going away. 
There have been other times where the economy has actually been worse, right? And people still brought, still brought gifts. Don't give people a break on this thing. Believe me, they can afford it if they needed to. They would find you a gift. They bring the gift. But all of a sudden say, well, it's a tough time. Because when would you ever bring it back again? Once it goes away, it goes away. Well, this is what one couple said. Now, what would you interpret if you saw this on their invitation? We are minimalists who are fortunate to have everything we need. We have opted out of having a registry. Celebrating with you is the greatest gift we could ask for. So I say, okay, if they were left at that, that's great. Uh-huh. Perfect. Okay. I, I would, I would oblige. Okay. They so really they're both in their forties. It's the second However, wedding. It's the, it's their second wedding. No, they're young. However, here's okay. the part that All gets right. you. Okay. If you are so inclined, mm. we would welcome any contribution to our future savings, but please don't feel obliged. Okay, right That's there funny. is your the guilt factor. It's yeah. like, oh, okay. But if you, you know, if you if you are not rude, then please contribute to our, you know, future. Yeah. And we went to a wedding not too long ago and the they wanted um money for their honeymoon. Uh-huh. Um I, I think asking for cash is abundantly tacky. I really do. Because then you really are asking the person to show exactly how much they spent. I mean, we gave them like three or four hundred bucks. Yeah. But it was, you know, I mean, I, I just think that's tacky. Yeah. I, I don't know. I went to a Jewish wedding. My roommate in college was Jewish. And I remember they passed this like hat around or this like uh, velvet bag and everybody puts money in. And this guy, Uncle, I don't know, Jerry, was like he wanted to hand it to the to the groom, um, and he said uh, he he made a big deal about it. Uh, this is for you for you I give you this Jerry this is you put it put it away don't don't embarrass your uncle and the guy just takes the money and puts it in his pocket well you put it in your pocket you 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 you, you, you want to shame me and the guy goes to pull it back out again to show everybody ah, put it away put it away don't make a big deal don't make a Can't big win. deal and the guy's like standing with the money goes just please 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 I'm not trying just put it away he says put it back in his right pocket again what, what are you embarrassed by your uncle I was like oh my god this is gonna go on all night um, I got married the first time because you're only married the first time once Driving from Grand Junction, Colorado to Uray, Colorado to spend one night at our honeymoon because that's all we could afford at the Wiesbaden Hotel. There's a card from my dad. And I waited till we were about halfway to Uray, about a four hour drive. And my nervous bride held it in her hand and I said, God, if he gives us 10,000, oh my God, they're just out of debt. He could easily give us ten. If he give us ten thousand, just because I know he's going to give me a check. The check would be so great because then all of a sudden we get all that debt out of there. I can get the brakes fixed on the car. I was driving a nineteen sixty two Volkswagen Bug, and the master cylinder had broken on the brake, so I had to slam it against the curb to slow it down, or pull the emergency <laughs> brake, or shift it into second gear. Couldn't get it into first; it was going too fast. So I'd stay in the right hand lane and to slow it down. I'd rub the tires against the curb on North Avenue, heading over to the TV station. So after a while, while driving, she said, I'm going to open the envelope. And I said, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is, God, 10,000, 10,000, 10, My father's wealthy. 10,000 would be good. 10,000 wouldn't even hurt him. You wouldn't even feel it. She reaches in and pulls out a note and a check. The check is folded. And the note says, 
I would have given you three thousand, but the flight cost eight ninety-five. The hotel was a hundred and sixty, and the rental car was ninety-one. And he subtracted all that off of the three. And with that, she burst into tears. And I said, "Well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on." The bright side is there was a continental breakfast there at the Hilton, so he didn't have to pay for that. <laughs> no more deductions. So let's look at the bright side. Oh boy! Did she ever talk to your father again? No. Oh really? No. She wasn't a big fan to begin with. Oh, okay. But I remember the subtraction on the thing, and then it was a weird number. It was like I don't know, one thousand seven hundred fifty-two dollars and thirty-seven cents, or something. Oh God! Oof. And but you talked to your dad again? Oh yeah, I remember calling oh. him oh. about a year later. We were so far in debt because we kept spending money on nothing. You know, we'd move, we'd have a moving expense, washer dryer would break at this rental house. We had nineteen thousand three hundred dollars in debt within a year and a half. She brought some debt into the family, but it wasn't... We just lived... We didn't have anything. I had a pot to pee in. I called him up. I said, Dad, I'm on a Discover card, and I'm paying like 21%. Can I... Can you take the debt, and I'll pay you 15%? Silence. Six, 16%. Even that would help us. Silence. Dad, 17%, and, 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 I, and I'll start payments right away. He said, Your decision to quit your job... Your decision to go into TV, your decision to get married, your decision to move from town to town, your decisions, your debt, goodbye. And he hung up. <gasps> and 10 years later, I said to him, that was the greatest gift you ever gave me. Oh, that's generous. Seriously, though, because if he had paid it off, what lessons would I have? Oh, my God, look what time it is. Jeez, Nate, I'm sorry. It's Andrew's fault. It's Andrew's fault with the music and everything. <laughs> Alrighty. Remaining time here. Uh, by the way, so I tell that story about uh, having that gigantic debt when I first got married. And uh, I told you it was 19000 some dollars. And uh, when I called my dad and asked him for a loan to try to pay down that Discover card. And when he said no, why did you seem that? Why were you so upset when he said no? And I said it was the greatest gift he ever gave me when he said no. Don't you understand that? Uh, I, I, yes, in hindsight, I guess, yes. But it does seem a little bit harsh that if your child is in need and that you could help them out, that you, I mean, my parents had a, an opposite approach. I mean, they, they probably helped us too much. You know, they were always willing to give us money, bail us out, do whatever we needed to do. And it was, I mean, it, it worked to our benefit. We knew we would always have to work. We knew we would always have to, um, make sure we were, you know, responsible and hardworking right. and all of that. But, um, but yeah, they were incredibly generous with cars and money and tuition and everything. So Oof. it's, uh, <laughs> it's just, it's just, I mean, I feel bad for you at that no, time. I feel no, bad that, no. but I, I remember okay. exactly where I was. I was in this little desk at WGAL TV. It was a red phone. Remember that? And I, hung up the phone and I took a deep breath and was just sort of stunned, but I kind of knew it was a risk to ask. But I think what he felt was 
that if you can get through this, you'll learn a lesson from this. Me writing you a check and me taking the, the onus and the pressure off of you and then you may paying me back, may or may not. He just thought, nope, I'm going to make you learn this one on your own. So I went home. I I told Paula and she said, well, I got to get a better paying job. So off she went to Boston and she got a part in a play. And uh, they had her per, per diem for her, and she lived in the Back Bay section on Commonwealth Avenue, and she did a play, like I think she did eight shows a week or something. And once a month, or maybe once every two months, I'd fly up to uh, Boston to see her. And, you know, she would, I'd get there at 10 o'clock. I'd make it to the theater by 10.30. I would see the last two songs. We'd walk home, and then uh, the next day she had a show, a matinee, so I'd see her for a couple of hours on Saturday. Saturday night she worked. I'd fly out Sunday morning. So for the first two years of our marriage, we paid down all that debt. Every month, she'd send me a check, and I'd take a check, and we'd send it off. Pay it all off. And we did it two years later. Well, I, you know, I was no stranger to, to poverty. I mean, even though my parents... Sure, we're, we're out of time for you and your poverty <laughs> story. Just, why don't you talk about but, more about your dad and mom buying you cars and mink no, coats but and I'm, jewelry. I'm, what Hot I wanted take. to say was... Hot what I wanted to Sherry. say was... What I wanted to say was that those times as well, for me, were some of the best times of my life. When the struggle was was horrible and it was really, really hard to do it, but... We got through it, and we did. We did okay, and even you know, my parents did help us, you know, a bit. But mm-hmm. it was I. I know what you mean. There was something about that accomplishment of getting out of debt, of having jobs, of go- getting to the next yeah, level. Yeah. It's big. Yeah, it's big. I love you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> one, one big dog to say he loves you. Yes, please. <laughs> All right. There we go. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. I know you need to be reaffirmed. Yes.